opponents are, are no longer in the race against me. So that means when, I, when we go to the primary, there's only one person vote on, that's me. So that means I've won the Republican uh, nomination to, to uh, challenge the Democrat challenger in the general election. This is a very, very strong uh, conservative district. So for the most part, it looks like there's a really good chance that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be elected as the state representative, okay? If I don't get elected, it's because I did something majorly wrong between now and then, all right? Now, with that being said, I am still going to be pastoring the church, all right? Um, I, keep, I keep having people ask, so you're not going to preach anymore? Yes, I'm going to preach. That's the main thing I'm going to do. A lot of the other stuff that I usually do, I will not be doing because we are hiring somebody to do that. And his name is Rick Brown. Okay? Uh, he starts uh, two weeks from now. Yes, two weeks. No, a week and a half. I'm sorry. week and a half. April the 3rd is the Sunday that he officially starts. And, um, and we'll, we'll make sure everybody knows what's going on on that weekend. We'll do all of that. And so... Yes, I'm still going to be preaching, teaching. I'm still going to be... All the times that you normally see me, you're going to normally see me. Um, the staff just won't see me as much, is the thing. And, uh, and so that's, that's what is happening, right? Everybody got it? Understanding what's happening. All right. And if you have any questions along the way, I'm learning a lot through the process. There's a lot to this. Um, and I'm learning. I think I'm just about caught up to be able to enter the race. <laughs> Almost. So, um, so uh, Josh is speaking tonight, and his birthday is today. I knew that. That's, that's why I had him speak today. It's because I knew his birthday was today. So, and he's 30-something. One? 31. I knew that, too. When I said something, I meant one. So, um, and, I, and I, I, I say this stuff every now and then, but I want to take the opportunity to say this. Um, Josh is a very good youth pastor, extremely good youth pastor. This is the way I would describe it, is hands down, and, and by the way, I was a youth pastor back in the day. Josh is hands down the best youth pastor I've ever seen. Um, the, the, this, our youth group, where we are spiritually, is where, our, where youth groups should be. If you're designing in your head, this is what a youth group should look like, look at ours. The kids, the, the, the maturity of the kids, the spiritual maturity, the discipline of them, um, how they, teenagers come into the youth group and they immediately start elevating in their wisdom and their um, uh, spirituality and their walk with the Lord. Uh, these, are, these are very important things. Um, this is not just to come hang out and play games with the kids kind of thing. Uh, this is really discipling teenagers to be, um, amazing, powerful adults in the kingdom of God. So, so it's our privilege tonight to have Pastor Josh speak to us. Well, thanks. Uh, so when I was preparing for this, um, I really felt like um, God was really kind of putting it on my heart, like reminding me of my own story. And then Pastor Scott preached a couple of weeks ago on his story, talking about calling. Uh, and so some of that is going to be uh, kind of similar, but I feel like it's what the Lord asked me to do. So, ha. Um, so there's a few um, 
you know, things uh, before we get started. Uh, first of all, I mean, uh, in, in regards to what Pastor Scott just said, it is an incredible honor and privilege to be able to be the youth pastor here um, at Church of Briargate. And I'm so proud of all of our students and, and where they are and, and the things that they've done. And, uh, and and now we have, you know, amazing youth leaders that used to be students of ours. And, and uh, we have some students that are married to each other and going to be missionaries and uh, just some incredible things that, that God is doing among among the students. Uh, and I think it's really encouraging to me uh, because I get to watch that happen, right? And and God is doing all these great things. And then sometimes, like, the best thing for me is to just, like, instead of me feeling like I need to be in control all the time, me feeling like I need to be the one listening to God and, and, and saying stuff and everything, every once in a while, I mean, like, it, I just get to sit back and watch the students listen to God and, and be obedient to what he's saying to them. Right. And, and it really is an amazing thing. And we've had, um, you know, especially at our our fall retreat, but then also in just regular youth services. Um, I mean, I've seen, you know, more miracles happen, healings and, and uh, healings from depression and anxiety, physical healings and and people called into ministry and, and all this kind of stuff um, at our retreats and things like that. And it's because they choose to set aside whatever their own agendas might be, whatever they want to get out of uh, a weekend, especially if it's like youth camp or a retreat or something like that. There's just something special about like saying, I'm going to pay this money. I'm going to get out of my home. I'm going to go with a bunch of other people simply for the reason of getting closer to God, right? And, and you know, some of them go because there's, you know, games and it's fun. And some of them, you know, the guys might go because there might be new ladies at youth camp that aren't at our church or something. I don't know. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but then it's a trap because then they get wrecked by God. So, <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, really, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just as proud as the students as, uh, as Pastor Scott said. Um, so, um, there's a few verses that come to my mind when I think about calling. Um, and, the first one would be, uh, both of them are in 1 Corinthians, and I think that 1 Corinthians is an incredible book when it comes to this. If you're ever having questions about, like, what is my role as a Christian, what I do and in, in uh, the bigger picture of the church and everything like that, uh, but that's basically why Paul wrote this first letter to the Corinthians. Um, but in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 24, it says this, Don't you realize that in a race... Everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I disciple or I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Uh, and, and I really love this verse when it comes to this because, um, because really it's kind of like, I think one of the biggest things I pull from this is like there's no time off when it comes to following God, when, when it comes to going after what, what God wants, right? There's no like, you know, I'll give him like three days a week or, you know, this, these are the days that I'm running my race or whatever. And, but in here, he specifically says, um, so I run with purpose in every step, in every step we take, every direction that we go, um, run in God's purpose, right? And we all have different purposes and different things that God has given us. So uh, I'm going to share a little bit about my story, uh, and then I'll read from the other verse in Corinthians. Um, so when I was, um, and, and some of this, like, I didn't even know this until 
I got to college because I forget what happens in second grade. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, but from a very young age, I always felt like I should be a pastor. Um, my parents um, had an amazing, uh, you know, God worked in them in an amazing way. Uh, in, in them coming together and getting married, they got saved in that process. Uh, and it was all kind of like an accumulation thing. And so they were new Christians, uh, but they were very faithful to uh, bring us to church growing up. Um, and they always went to church and everything, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, and, and ever since a young age, uh, I always wanted to be a pastor, right? And uh, it was just kind of like in my mind, and it was just like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, for some reason, I just knew that, right? Uh, some reason, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and as I got a little bit older, I kind of forgot that. Um, you know, and, you know, when you're a young teenager, you're not thinking about, you know, that kind of stuff as much or whatever. And so I'm just kind of living my life, doing my thing or whatever. Uh, and... And I was reminded, you know, uh, around the age of 13 that, that God, you know, maybe a little bit before that, that God was calling me to do something, you know, specific, right? He, he had a calling in my life to do something specific, right? Not just like, and I don't want to say anything along the lines of like, he had this special calling for me to be a youth pastor. And it was special to me, but it's not because it was a pastor, right? And because God has a special call for everyone, even if they're not going to be a pastor or, or whatever it is that God created you to do. Uh, to be able to be uh, a helpful member of the body of Christ, right? Um, God has a, a plan for anybody, and, and he was speaking that plan to me. Um, and so when I was 13, um, that thought started coming back into my mind, right? And, and when I was growing up, my dad was a mechanic, uh, fixing cars and everything like that. He worked at a dealership when we were really young, and then he was tired of people at the dealership, like, being, you know, cheating people out and stuff like that, and he was sick of it. He couldn't see it anymore because he experienced it a lot there, and so he quit after one of these incidents happened and, and wrote up a business plan, started his own business, and and uh, so I spent a lot of time because uh, my mom was helping him out. Like, we get pick up from school and then taken right to my dad's shop, and, you know, we'd get, like, 50 cents for sweeping the floors or something, you know? <laughs> and uh, so, I mean, I probably did my first oil change at like, you know, nine years old or something like that. <laughs> and um, so I had that in my mind. And so that, that was my thought process. I'm like, man, I'm really good at doing this stuff with my hands. I'm good at being a mechanic and all this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, and, and, and all this is happening. It still kind of blows my mind because all this is processing in my mind at the age of 13. And I'm like, why, you know? <laughs> so young, you know, and, uh, and so I'm processing all this stuff and I'm like, well, I can either, you know, continue to go, uh, down this direction of being a mechanic and go to a, you know, a tech school and all that kind of stuff and, and, uh, you know, get hired on, or, uh, I really do feel like God might be calling me to ministry, um, in being a pastor. Um, and so that was kind of my, my decision point. And there was one night in youth group, I have no idea what my youth pastor was talking about, but um, I remember that I went to the altar and I had that moment at the altar. Um, and just right on the stairs there on the stage, um, I, I really just kind of like was close to God and just enjoying pr his presence and, and, and enjoying my time with him. And then that popped into my mind again. What are you going to do for the rest of your life? You know, am I called to ministry? Am I supposed to be a mechanic? Am I supposed to do something else? Whatever it is. And then, uh, and, and very clearly in that moment, I just said, God, whatever it is that you have me do, if you want me to go to ministry, if you want me to be in ministry as a pastor, just tell me right now, uh, and, and that'll be the only thing that I ever go after. And, and I won't have a fallback. I won't have, like, all this other, you know, whatever it is. That's what I'll do. I'll, I'll run, basically, I'll run that race, you know. 
Um, and, and so at that moment, like I literally just got done saying that, God, if that's what you want me to do, then just make it so clear to me or whatever, uh, or just tell me, you know? And, uh, and it was like so profound in that moment because it was like I was standing in the middle of like, uh, some dense fog. And then all of a sudden the fog was lifted. I could see clearly, um, you know, it was just like this instant realization and it wasn't like God speaking some crazy voice or, you know, a hand coming down from heaven, writing on the wall or anything like that. Like literally I just knew. Uh, that that's what God wanted me to do, right? And so that was like, you know, I, not necessarily the beginning of my calling, but the beginning of my choice to to stay on that path and run that race. It was the beginning of my choice to do that, um, and and to kind of give up any other thing that that I might have planned on my own or whatever, and and to just go towards God, to just run to Him, um, and you know when you're. Uh, in church and you feel like you're called to ministry and stuff like that, like uh, there's a lot of other people around you that will support you in that and everything, but it kind of feels like this, you know, special thing. And, and, uh, and, and it really was like close to me. And, and, and a few other things that happened um, that kind of helped solidify this. Um, over the next two weeks, like I kept, like people that I really didn't know that well, my parents probably knew them fine, but, um, you know, were coming up to me and like this lady came up to me and was like, Josh, I feel like you're called into ministry. And I'm like, that's weird because I feel like God just told me that, <laughs> you know? And uh, like literally I had like three people come up to me. I feel like you might be called into ministry after I made that decision. And, uh, and just God confirming that in my life and my call. Um, and we were at the, uh, the men's breakfast uh, this last month and, and Rick was, uh, kind of sharing a little bit. Um, and, and he had a very similar story. He felt like at the age of 10 that he wanted to be an army chaplain. And, and he said from that point on, he, he went straight to that and that's what he's still doing, you know, and he's working on, you know, what God wants him to do now too. And, and I think it's amazing to me, um, to, to hear that and and to, to, to just know that somebody at such a young age can just have, um, have, have that plan in their life so much and just be able to go completely after it and just run after it, right? And so from that point on, like, um, I knew God had called me to be a pastor. I knew God called me to be in ministry. Didn't know exactly what that looked like or whatever. But from that moment on, I, I knew it wasn't just like, you know, because I, I didn't know exactly where I was going to be, like, you know, a pastor at what church or go to what college or whatever. But I knew that's what God wanted me to do. So I did what I could in the moment, and I helped out in my youth group as much as possible. And, uh, and I'm like, I know that God's called me to do this, so I better start now. Right. And so I started volunteering in my youth ministry and on Sunday mornings and, you know, doing whatever. And I was extremely shy. So I was like, I'll do anything as long as people don't have to look at me and, <laughs> and uh, or I don't have to talk to people or something like that. And so I started helping out in the sound booth and, and, uh, I started running sound and, and doing that kind of stuff at the age of 13. And, and, uh, I was like anything behind the scenes I'll help with, I'll do it, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so I did, and, and I really felt like that helped grow my calling. And then at the age of 16, I went to a youth camp, um, and I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I really felt like that was where God specifically called me to be a youth pastor. I was kind of leaning towards that the whole time, but I felt like that was kind of specifically where, um, you know, God was asking me to do. Uh, and, and something kind of crazy happened a couple years ago. Um, the guy that spoke at that camp that I got filled with the Holy Spirit at, I went up afterwards after I felt like God had put this call in my life, and I waited in this, like, line, because everybody wants to talk to the camp speaker after they get done, you know? And so I waited, and I talked to the camp speaker, and, uh, 
And, and I said, Hey, I feel like I've just been called to be a youth pastor. Can you pray for me? You know, and he prayed over me and, and, uh, man, just a very special moment in my life. Uh, and, and, you know, if you're a parent in here and you have teenagers, send them to youth camp because God changes lives at youth camp, right? We like literally like the, the kids have only paid half of what it costs to go to youth camp for the past like five years because I value it so much. It's so important, right? Um, and so we use our fireworks money to like literally just general half off for everybody to go youth camp. And then some kids get sponsored too, if they can't afford it, you know, um, because I believe in it. Cause that's where I got called. That's where my wife Liz got called. That's, you know, I mean, there's probably plenty of other pastors that, that remember times at youth camp where their lives were changed forever. And maybe some of you guys too remember times like that, where your life was changed forever at a camp. Uh, so, uh, that was my moment. So that same guy uh, that preached at that camp came and talked at our fine arts. Uh, I, I think it was, I can't remember. It was like two years ago, one year ago, three years ago, sometime around then. And uh, and he came and he was the speaker at our fine arts. And I, I, I had the chance to go up to him and be like, hey, you know, this many years ago when I was 16, I asked for you to pray for me because I felt like God called me into ministry. And I was like, that's my youth group over there, you know. <laughs> and uh, it was just like a really cool thing that happened. Um, so, uh, but really from then on, it was just a continuation of following God with every step that I took. Um, and, and there were plenty of times where, like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. You know, and, and times where I struggled, you know, times where I was dealing with, you know, sin issues in my life that I needed to get over and, and take care of, right? Um, but at the same time, like, even though I'm, like, wading through struggles and doing all this kind of stuff, I'm still trying to head towards what it is that God's asked me to do. And in that same way, like he says in the scripture, with every step I was trying to do that, you know, from the immediate point of me saying I just need to help where I can at this moment because I'm not qualified to be where I need to be later, all the way up until, like, you know, um, I decided, like, I was like, I'm going to have to go get a, a degree in, like, church ministries or something like that. And uh, so then I started looking at colleges. But also, in high school, I was not a good student. <laughs> so my, my freshman and, and sophomore year, not good grades at all. Uh, I had to do summer school and retake classes. And I'm like, D's, get degrees, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and, uh, or diplomas, because I wasn't going for a degree then. But, <laughs> you know, and... Uh, it turns out that that's not actually a good thing. So, <laughs> so I, that, at that age, God called me to, and I'm like, I know that I'm going to have to do this, and this is what God called me to do. And so I started doing things like turning in my homework and, you know, doing stuff in class. And uh, because I, God really had, had blessed me with, you know, I, I would be able to take tests just fine, and, and I do fine on the test, but I never turned in my homework. But, like, my junior and senior year, like, my junior year, I was incredibly, you know, better than my last year. My senior year, I had, like, all A's, and I was, like, my mom was blown away because that's not who I am. <laughs> and, but it was because this call that was in my life, it was important, right? It's because God chose me to do something, and, and I'm going to go do what he asked me to do, you know? And, uh, and so I was looking at colleges. Um, there's a college really close to where I grew up in Wisconsin. I grew up just outside of Milwaukee. And uh, it's, it's in Minnesota, in Minneapolis, uh, called North Central. Um, and so I went and visited there. I had friends that went there. Uh, and it's only like, you know, five, six hours away from where I grew up. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's a cool place or whatever. I also had friends that went down to Southwestern in Texas, um, just south of Dallas in Waxahachie. Um, and so I went down to visit that college as well. Um, and when I went down there, uh, again, it was just very clear to me, uh, that that's where I was supposed to go. Uh, very clear to me that that's where I needed to be. 
Um, they had like this leadership college that they were doing in partnership with Southwestern. And so for two years, I got to be a part of a smaller program that helped out at this big church and we got our internships and everything. And like, I went down there and it was like, every time they talked about like another cool thing about this program and thing about Saigo, like God's like, that's for you. That's for you, you know? And so I'm listening to that. And so I made the choice that instead of going to a college that's five, six hours away from my, uh, my parents, I went to a college that was 18 hours away from, from my parents and my family. And, uh, and not to mention that, like, uh, I'm pretty sure I'm the first person to ever go to college in my family. So I had no idea what I was doing and neither did anyone else. And so we're all trying to figure this out. But at the same time, this is where I'm going. This is what God asked me to do. This is the race that he put before me. So I'm going to try to run it the best I can. Right. And looking back now, I could have done a lot of stuff and avoided a lot of debt if I would have <laughs> known a little bit more about how college worked and scholarships and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's okay. God took care of me. Um, so I went there and, uh, and, and even like everything from like where to go next, um, where to go to college, you know, what it is that God has asked me to do, even things like going on, like when I was 13, I went on my first missions trip and every single summer after that, I went on a missions trip. Um, and we take tons of missions trips with our kids because I know that my life was changed on missions trips as well. Right. And, uh, and so like, I have all this experience of, of doing missions work and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm like, wherever I was in the moment, like, God, if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to do it, right? Uh, leading all the way up to, you know, being in college. And even like, you know, uh, you know, any big life choice, like, uh, like who I was going to marry, all that kind of stuff. Like, God took care of all that. And I've had the experience, like, God has either, like, for me, right? I'm not saying this is exactly how it is for everybody. But, but really, uh, for me, it's either been, like, incredibly peaceful to be able to walk in the will of God, because I'm able to just let go and say, okay, God, if this is you, I can have confidence in this and I can walk in it, right? Even if somebody else might look at this and be like, that's dumb. That doesn't make any sense. You know, why would you do that? Um, I still have peace in it, right? And so it's either been like extremely full of peace that I probably shouldn't have going into something that God has asked me to do, or he just slams the door, like completely slams it. And uh, e even to the point of relationships, when I first got to college, uh, there was another uh, girl that was going there from where I grew up. We went together um, and uh, we kind of liked each other, but we were like, oh, I don't really want to date my first year of college or whatever. We're going to give this year to God, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and then after that, well, you know, but, but like we talked about that kind of stuff and everything. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm probably going to end up dating this, you know, girl and, and marrying her by the end of college or something like that. We show up to college and she just immediately shuts me off. And like, I like walk into the lobby of the dorm, she gets up and walks away. you like, <laughs> you know, I like go into the class and she like makes sure that she's sitting on it, like literally will not talk to me or anything like that. And, uh, it kind of hurt a little bit. Um, but that's not the woman that God had for me. <laughs> and man, he slammed that door hard and, uh, he kind of hit my foot to a little bit hurt. Um, but then, you know, at the end of that year, I met Liz. Uh, we started talking over the summer uh, after my freshman year and uh, got back. I could not, you know, uh, wait to get back to college so I could start hanging out with her and, and everything because I knew. I was like, I'm going to ask her out this semester. And, uh, and so we started talking and we started dating. Um, and um, it, it really just, it was another thing. We waited a long time to even start dating each other because we wanted to make sure that, that God, is this, is this what you want? And the whole time. And everything, I just had so much peace about everything. I had so much peace about it. It didn't mean that everything was, like, just easy, right? That's not what I'm saying. But um, I had so much peace about it. And, like, when I asked um, 
uh, when I asked Liz to, to go out with me and date, um, she said, I want you to know that I'm only saying yes because I think I might marry you one day. <laughs> and, uh, and I literally, I said, good, that's, good. that's why I'm asking, right? And uh, <laughs> it's just kind of a, you know, an interesting thing. But, like, we both had that piece about it, right? And, uh, and so, you know, we're going through college. I'm taking all these classes and doing all this stuff and uh, learning about all these different kinds of things. Um, and, and in the meantime, I, I had to come over this issue I had with talking in front of people <laughs> because I did not like doing that at all. And I'm like, and there was a big struggle there. I'm like, God, you called me to be a, a youth pastor, but I hate standing in front of people and talking to people. And, uh, and, and, and it was like, I would get so nervous when it happened. Anytime, like my youth pastor was all proud of me. He's going to Bible college and everything. And, and, uh, so he'd bring me up on stage and be like, Josh, tell us about what God has done in your life. And I'm like, and like literally my lip would twitch so much whenever I got nervous. And it was like, it probably was not even noticeable, but I thought like my whole face was shaking. Like, and, and I was like, why is this happening? Like, how am I supposed to be a youth pastor when I can't even get up and, and tell people about, you know, a, a simple thing. I can't even answer a question when I have a microphone in my hand, I'm standing in front of people, right? And it was really, um, I, I really had a hard time with that. And then my first year of college, I went to some, you know, public speaking classes that helped and everything. And uh, and, and I still kind of got nervous or whatever. And then I went back and I interned at the church I grew up at. I had the opportunity to preach my first sermon in front of um, in front of the students and, and everything. And I was so nervous about it. And in worship beforehand, I literally, it was just the same thing where um, that peace is available to me if I can just let go and, and understand that God has this, right? And, and there's that saying that, that God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called, right? And, uh, and it was very much that situation. And I got up and, and, uh, and, and I said a bunch of stuff, and I couldn't even remember what I said, but I got done with it. And, like, you know, a bunch of kids, you know, raised their hands for salvation that night and all this kind of stuff. And, and I looked because the worship team came up afterwards, and I'm standing in the back looking at all these kids, like, responding and just going after God. And, like, literally just, like, I broke down because I, I'm like, God, you really did call me to do this. God, you really did do that. And it was like, seriously, I could not have taken credit for it because I know who I am standing on stage. At that moment, I knew who I was standing on stage, um, you know, trying to talk to people. And it's like, you know, God literally just used that moment, me standing back there watching all these students in front of me worshiping and, and just going after God in such a big way and, and him really moving that night. And, and God was like, look what I can do through you, right? Look what I can do with you. Um, this is what I called you to do. Right. But that's the key. Like you have to do it with God. Like you can't just go out and be like, okay, God called me to be a pastor. I'm going to go find, you know, the most attractive church that I can go to or the most whatever. Like you're not going to be who God called you to be without him. You really do need to rely on him and trust in him in that. And so from that moment on, I, I really just kind of took off with that and public speaking classes and, and my sermon classes were like my favorite um, uh, from that point on. Uh, so, uh, Liz and I got married, uh, the summer before our, um, our senior year. So in between junior and senior year, uh, we had been engaged for like, and I was like, I don't, I want a short engagement. I don't want to be engaged for a long time. And, uh, and just with everything that lined up, like we were dating for 10 months and engaged for 11 months. And I was like, Oh my goodness, (laughs) it's the worst bad idea. Don't do it. Um, so, uh, so we, we eventually got married, and, and even that together, Liz and I both had conversations about, like, because she went to Sagu because she wanted to be a youth pastor. Um, she actually has a youth ministry major, and I just have a church ministries major. But I took every youth ministry class there was, but I didn't change my major. Um, and so we had this thing, and, and it was almost like God had called both of us to be in that place 
And then because we came together, God was like, now here's your calling together. And we had a lot of conversations of that. And now I'm going from, I'm trusting God for myself and I'm going after whatever he wants to, we both have to find what God wants for us together. Uh, so that requires, you know, communication and trust together and, and, and everything. And, and that was uh, kind of difficult for a little bit because we didn't know the answer. We didn't know what's going on. You know, it felt like when Abraham was called by God to go and he's like, like this way, you know, <laughs> God just told him to go without telling him where to go. Right. And, and, uh, and, and it really came down to the point where we just had to say, God, I'm just going to keep running this race. We'll trust that you'll let me know when the time gets there. Right. Or you'll let us know whatever it's going to look like. And, and honestly, Liz is just as much of a youth pastor, uh, to these students as I am. Uh, she really is. Um, and I couldn't imagine doing youth ministry without her. Um, it really is, uh, you know, something that God has blessed her with. Um, and so, um, yeah, we get married and, uh, finish out our last year of college. Um, but before we got married, uh, this is another thing like where, um, this is direction I felt like God was calling me to do. And I don't necessarily know all the answers to this of, did he actually call me to go to this place or was that a wrong decision of mine? Uh, because it wasn't a good place to go to, but right before we got married, um, for about five months, um, we had the opportunity to be part-time youth pastors um, at this church like in North Dallas in Plano. And it took like an hour to get there and an hour to get back. And so we would go up on Sundays for church and then Wednesdays for youth service. And uh, it was a new church plant that was only like four years old. And, um, you know, we, we started off with like, you know, sometimes there'd be like three kids showing up to youth. And I'm like, I'm a youth pastor, you know, and, uh, and I was excited about, it. we were both excited about it. And, um, and, and we kind of went into that and we're like, this is kind of hard work to drive all this time and everything. And, and, uh, but I feel like this is opportunity. And, and we both kind of thought at that moment that that was going to turn into like a full-time position or, or maybe where God ended up put, placing us or whatever. And, um, like, uh, School was about to be over, and I rented an apartment up there. I was going to start living up there so I could be closer. And I'm like, I'm finally not going to have to drive so far to church, be with these kids. I'm going to be able to do stuff with them over the summer. And God really was doing some amazing things in the lives of the, the teenagers, that group. And, uh, and and even at that time back then, that was like like 10, maybe 11 years ago, um, like we had, we had two guys that were in the youth group and both of them were very openly uh, gay. And they would say, you know, one of them brought their boyfriend to one of our events. And it was like, uh, like very hard for me. Cause in that time I was like, I don't know how to handle this or whatever, but really God had so much grace with me and just gave me the, the, deci- uh, the discernment where I needed it, the wisdom where I needed it, the right things to say. And, and we saw God do some big things in, in both of those guys' lives, uh, where they, they started like looking towards God and, and, uh, started really going after him and almost like falling in love with the idea of going to church and, and going after him and, and some really good, good stuff was happening. Um, and then, uh, we had a youth service and it ended and the, the senior pastor was hanging out in the back. And, um, and basically after all the students left, he pulled us into his office and he's like, well, that was your last youth service. And, uh, and he, he, he fired us right there. And, and I don't know exactly. (laughs) Sounds silly. Like at the moment, like that was terrible for me. Right. Uh, but looking back at it now, I'm like, thank God I'm not there anymore. Right. Uh, and, uh, but but really, like, and, and Liz and I are sitting in that office, like, trying to fight for it because we're like, I feel like God called us to be here. Like, we're like, we literally, like, we came up to the church an extra day just so that we could spend a whole day in prayer because we knew the summer was coming and God was getting ready to do some big things and everything. And um, and then, you know, it just ends like that. And I'm like, 
I just signed like a six month lease on an apartment and I'm only two weeks into it. Like all this other kind of stuff happened or whatever. And uh, Liz's family lives in Texas, uh, a little bit further south from where the school was. And um, like that night, like literally that was just it. And he was like, we don't want you to talk to the kids anymore. We'll tell them what happened. Uh, You don't need to talk to anybody in the church. And then he basically said like, we'll pay you through the end of the month. And if you don't say anything bad about the church, we'll pay you next month too. And uh, just a really terrible situation, right? Uh, That's not how all churches are, by the way. (laughs) Um, You know, it was just kind of like a a weird situation for us. But again, goes back to the kind of what I was saying earlier, like, like God has either made it extremely peaceful for me to like just go in and it just feels right or he slams the door really hard. (laughs) And, uh, and so that night we drove all the way back to um, Liz's parents' house. We like went to my apartment and, and where she was staying as well and like loaded as much stuff up in the truck as we could and, and went back to her parents' house and got there at like two o'clock in the morning. We were so broken at that moment. And even to the point where I was like, God, I don't know, like if this is ministry, uh, I don't think that I want it. You know, if this is really what ministry is like, then, you know, I don't know, you know, uh, really we were broken at that time. And, um, but at the same time, you know, I wasn't, like, giving up. Um, but we did have a good time of rest and, and a time of peace. Like, ever since I graduated from high school, I have been helping with the youth ministry, volunteering as a leader, doing as much as I could. And for that whole summer that we got married, we were getting married in, like, a month, right? And uh, and so um, that whole summer, um, I, I worked at a church, but it was because I needed a job and they needed a maintenance person, so... <laughs> So I went there and I did maintenance and like literally I went to one service and I didn't help out with the youth ministry. I didn't volunteer for anything and I just kind of took a break and, and spent some time with God. And and uh, that next year, we still had a year left of college. Um, we ended up moving into an apartment complex off campus that was right across from another church, uh, a pretty big church that we kind of knew in the area. Uh, so we started volunteering there, met another, uh, like at the same time we started volunteering there, they hired a new youth pastor and we became pretty close to him. And he mentored us kind of through a lot of that. And then uh, Liz's old youth pastor too, uh, when we went down uh, to her parents' house, like he brought us out to dinner and he's like, you guys know that you should be upset about this. Like <laughs> you guys didn't do anything wrong. And so we, we had some very good mentors in my life, in our lives that, that helped us with that. Um, and so um, you know, we were in a good place after that. Uh, and then getting close to graduation, um, you know, we're at this point, like three months out, we're like, we're about to graduate with these degrees and I have no idea what I'm going to do next. Right. I have no idea what's happening in my life next or whatever. And, uh, so we started just kind of putting out resumes and Sagu has like a career services. Uh, and so we put our resume through career services and all this kind of stuff. And we were getting a lot of calls from different churches and some of them were interested, some of them weren't. And then some of them just like immediately I knew like, that's not really a good situation or whatever. And, um, and then we, uh, one of the churches we put it in was here at Church of Bargate. And, uh, and it was very like, uh, again, it's like, I, I almost knew right away that this is where God wanted us because it just felt right. Like all the interviews that we were, we were doing and going through and getting called back for more interviews and, and, uh, and compared to all the other places that we were interviewing at, some of them felt like they were going good. Like there's, probably a couple other churches that would have hired us. Uh, but at the same time, like during the interview process, it's like, you know, all the questions, all the answers are, are right. It feels right, but it just doesn't feel like God, you know, it doesn't feel like God is calling us to go there. But, but here it really did um, feel like that. It seemed like everything kind of lined up. Uh, and, 
and it was amazing. Like we, we got here and came and visited and, uh, you know, met the youth group and everything. And, you know, Pastor Scott offered us the job and we accepted. And I flew back to Texas to graduate and then we moved here. And uh, two weeks later, I went to youth camp with the students. <laughs> so <laughs> that was great. Um, but, but really, you know, now I'm in this wonderful place in my life where I get to look behind me and see all of these different places where God pushed me in the right direction. And he pushed me in this place and, and, and kind of like all these different places where I had choices uh, to make and God was guiding me in these areas. And it's like I have all of these like mountaintop moments, right, where I can, I can look back and, man, this is where God called me to be a, a pastor. Uh, this is where God called me to be a youth pastor, right? This is where I met my wife. This is where I decided to go to college. Like, like all these places as if you were standing on one of these peaks over here and you can look back and see all the highs and lows, right? in that same way, you know, and I walked over those highs, I climbed those mountains, and I was in that presence of God, and I also went through those valleys, and, and I was in those places where I'm like, God, I can't even see where I'm going right now, right, and, and, and really, I'm at this amazing place now where I get to look back and, like, even realize things that I didn't even know, like, where God had done something for me in my life, because I chose to just say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it, Whatever it is that you ask me to do, I'm going to do it, right? My first, one of my first chapels at college, this guy got up there and spoke. And he's like, everybody look to your left and look to your right. At the end of this, one of you guys is not going to be here. And, and 100% true. Like out of all the people that I know that said, like, God called me to be here, hearing their story about how God called them into ministry, they're going to this college and everything, and now they're like completely dropped out. And, you know, uh, some of them don't even believe in God anymore. They're like, ah, I just don't believe that stuff anymore, you know? Like crazy to think about that. And and me, like the whole time, I'm like, I'm gonna finish this race. I'm gonna run this race, right? And and I'm gonna go after God. And so I get to look back at all these different different times in my life where God did amazing things and, and pushed me in the right direction and made these choices. And I was talking to my mom the other day and uh uh and uh she reminded me like uh, of when I was in second grade and um and I had to do something for school. I had to put this project together about what you wanted to be when you grow up. And, um, and so she said that I had, I had drawn myself like at a pulpit preaching. <laughs> and I had this whole book written out, you know, that the teachers helped me with probably. And, and uh, of, of like why I wanted to be a pastor and, and everything like that. And, and I don't even remember doing that. Uh, but my mom told me about it the other day. And I just like, I almost like started crying. I was like, man. God has, God has had my life from the beginning, right? All these times where I thought, like, maybe oh, God didn't come into my life until this point, or God didn't call me until then. But, like, he called me even before I drew that, right? He called me even before second grade. And he called me when he put me together in my mother's womb, just like it says in Jeremiah. That's in Jeremiah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and in the same way, like, he calls everybody like that. He creates everybody with that purpose, he creates all of us with that, right? And, and, and it doesn't mean that everybody needs to be, you know, a, a, a senior pastor or youth pastor or whatever. Like, like, your calling is yours, and it's just as special as anyone else's calling, and it's just as important as well, right? God created you to be something. Um, so in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it talks about the one body with many parts, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. 
And, and in this, I mean, it's like for the time being there, I mean, that's basically like we're crossing every racial boundary. We're crossing every everything. Like we're all included in this, right? But even though we're all different, right, we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that doesn't make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were one eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Right? And then it, it goes on to say, our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it, right where he wants it, right? How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can never say to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, some of the body that seems weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that Extra honor and care is given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. All the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of us are a part of it, right? We all have our place in this to be one body that can go and do and give and show love and, and bless and, and do miracles and, and all this kind of stuff like that God has for us, right? United by one spirit. And that spirit, the Holy Spirit, that gives us power to be able to do those things, to be able to go, right? And, and you might think to yourself, like, well, I'm not, I'm not this or I'm not that, so, you know, I'm just going to kind of be the person that just kind of goes to church and enjoys it, Right? I'm just going to kind of be the person that, that just shows up and at least, you know, twice a month. And, and, uh, and, and I'm just going to be happy with Jesus like that, right? But here's the thing. You are a part of the body of Christ, and God has created you and put you in that to be able to go and do something, to function as you were created to function in the body of Christ, right? And so just as, you know, for me, I've had this calling, and, and I've chosen to, and, and it's been rough sometimes. And sometimes I've made some poor decisions, really poor decisions in my life. But, but still, to continue and say, like, I'm going to run this race that God put in front of me. Everybody has that race. Everybody has that. Um, you know, no one is, is, is less or more. Everybody comes together to make one body. It's all about the body, right? And I don't think that it can be done without the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't think so. Um, I really do believe that in that where it says we are we are brought together by one spirit. Um, I think that, that the Holy Spirit really does bring that unity together in such a way um, that we have discernment to know things or words of knowledge or or prophecies and all this other kind of stuff that the Spirit does, healings and in in the uh, the doing side of ministry, like where we need God's power to actually accomplish things, right? And uh, and 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 I can say like. In, in our youth group, like, some of these kids are, like, way further than I was when I was in youth group, even though I was, like, 
you know, I want to be called and everything like that, you know, uh, and, and just to see the obedience sometimes, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've been praying for a kid who's really going through something, and then immediately, right in the middle of that prayer, God tells me exactly what they're going through and exactly what they need prayer for, and I just begin praying for that thing, and the next thing you know, they're like, you know, faces wrecked because God's doing something in their life and, and, and really providing something that they need in that moment, and I could not do that without the Holy Spirit, I could not be that part of the body of Christ without the Holy Spirit, right? And then for me to go around and see, like, we literally have times in youth group where um, it's almost like practice. And, uh, and I tell everybody, like, hey, we're just going to listen to the Holy Spirit for a little bit. And if he asks you to do something, just get up and do it, right? And uh, everybody else, you know, if that's not you and somebody comes and speaks to you or whatever, have grace because we're all trying this out together, you know. And, uh, and so I kind of preface it with all this stuff and kind of give a little bit of guidance in this so that it's not, like, in, super intimidating or anything like that. Um, you know, and somebody might come up to you and say, you know, uh, whatever, and, and you're like, well, I don't know if that's exactly for me. And, and, and so my thing, I tell them, like, it might be for you later. We just don't know or whatever, uh, you know. And, and so I gave all this preface and stuff like that. We have these times in a youth group where I'm like, man, if the Holy Spirit's saying something to you, then just, just do it. Be obedient to it. Let's practice being obedient to God and listening to the Holy Spirit, right? And then next thing you know, like, kids are, you know, going over and praying for each other. And, and like, even to the point where I'm, I'm asking, like, is that what God, do you feel like God spoke that to you? Did you really need that? And kids are like, yes, that's exactly what I needed. I needed to hear that, right? And then we're at fall retreat one time, like the first fall retreat that we ever had. And one of the students, like, I just got this, like, extremely, like, nervous, like, you're supposed to say something right now or whatever from the Holy Spirit. And and uh, we had a speaker going. I wasn't speaking at the fall retreat. I brought in a speaker. And so I went up and told him. I was like, hey, I got to say something. And um, and so I went up and grabbed the mic, and I was like, somebody in here, you feel like God never has anything specific to say to you, right? And... Um, and he wants to say something to you right now. And I asked who it was. And one of the students raised their hand. I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take one minute. Nobody's going to move. We're just going to listen to the Holy Spirit. And somebody in here is going to get something to say to, to this student, right? And, um, and I said, please do not get up unless you really feel like God has given you something to say. Right. And uh, and I said, OK, you know, we're just going to spend some time waiting or whatever. And so we're all waiting and, and stuff like that. And I'm like kind of turning around praying. All of a sudden I look back and there's like 14 kids lined up in front of this student telling him. And he's like every single one of them, like every single one of them has something to say to me. And this comes from like like literally like I feel like God is real, but I feel like he never has anything specific to say to me. Well, how about like 14 things in a row? Right. Like, how amazing is that? And it's because the body is acting like the body. It's because those students are choosing to run the race that was put before them. Those students are choosing to be obedient to God because it's more important than just looking cool or, you know, whatever else is going on in their minds at that age. Who knows? <laughs> they understand that that's important, right? And some of our, some of our youth leaders uh, now are, are such incredible spiritual leaders because they chose to be that student at that time. They chose to be that student that listens to the Holy Spirit and chooses to be a part of the body of Christ. And, and really, man, that's what I want for this church. That's what I want for this church. That's what God designed for this church. And you, your calling might not be my calling or anyone else's in the room, but it is your calling. And God created you to do that before you even knew that he created you to do that. He was already speaking that into your life and over you. 
so I'm just going to pray. Uh, and we'll kind of end it a little bit early, but I'm a youth pastor, so I can. Um, although one time I made a joke about that at the beginning of service, and I went like 10 minutes over. That's why I said it now. <laughs> but I'm going to pray for you. And, uh, and really in this moment, um, man, I'm just, just, just ask God to speak something to you. Just, just listen. Even if you don't even ask God, just, just say, I'm going to listen because God's going to say something to me. And whatever it is, do the best you can to be obedient. Do the best you can to say, I know this makes me kind of nervous or whatever, but, but I need to because God asked me to do that. God is putting that in my life. God, I thank you so much for who you are. God, and all the amazing things that you've done in my own life, God. God, my own testimony speaks strongest to myself to know who you are and know that you love me and know that you have taken care of me over so many different ways. In times when I have made mistakes, in times when I, I was even just running after you, you've always been there, Lord. God, and I pray that in this room tonight, God, that you would just speak to all of us. Fill us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, God, to be able to be empowered to do ministry, to be empowered to, to see miracles happen, to pray for people and see them be healed, God. Physical healings, God, mental healings, anxiety and depression, all that kind of stuff. God, I pray that you'd put that in this body of Christ, God, to, to have the ability to do that. God, I pray that you would put in our hearts the desire to hear from you and the desire to be obedient to you. God, I pray truly, God, that you would just speak to everyone in here. God, it doesn't matter. Um, if they're just beginning their life or if they feel like they're coming out of a season in life. It doesn't matter if they're young or they're old, God. I know that you still have a calling for each and every person in here, God. And I pray that you just begin to speak that, God. God, in, in the same way that that, uh, that that pastor's life is kind of in a different place right now and he's choosing to follow you, God. I, I pray that you bless um, his path in that. I pray that you would keep him safe in that and keep him strengthened in that and always be able to look to the reason that you asked him to do this, Lord. And in that same way, God, I pray that we have such a great example to follow, Lord. And I pray that you would just do the same thing in all of us, God. Give us that opportunity to speak to our neighbor. Give us that opportunity to speak to our coworker about you, God. God, whatever it is that we need to do, God, we submit to you in this place. God, we give ourselves to you to fill us with your Holy Spirit, God, so that we might be empowered to do what you called us to do. I pray this in your name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for the privilege of being able to speak to you tonight. And uh, we will see you on Sunday. I won't. I'll be at Fine Arts. But, yeah. <laughs>